Welcome back. We're going to be learning now, and this is our third session in learning Ramachal, who works the Ramachal in Derech Hashem. And our focus this week is going to be um, the idea of reward and punishment, or the terms of reward and punishment. If you remember, just to do a quick recap, we spent our first week looking at the purpose of the universe, very big adult, very big 20,000 foot perspective. Then we went down to the purpose of humanity, and we saw the logical division. If you remember last week, what we focused on was the idea of there being two times. There has to be a time of work and a time of receiving reward. And for there to be two times, there needs to be two worlds. And that's how we got to Olam Haba and Olam Azeh and Olam Abba. This world, the next world, the time we work, the time we receive, and that's how it all fits together. What we, we started getting towards at the end of last time, and this takes us now to a really remarkable perspective, is the idea that the world actually changed. So it was one way and it changed to being a different way. What was that change? That change was the sin of Adam and Chava because the whole system was set up very simply, very easily, that there was a basic choice in front of them. Were they to have chosen the right choice, they would have essentially fulfilled the purpose of this universe. Hashem would therefore, thereby earning their rights to connection to the infinite and getting eternal good. That would have been that would have been the, the end of the, the whole experience. However, Adam and Chava chose a different a different option. I would like to just leave it out there today, and, um, and we're not we're not covering it today. But if we have time at the end, just remind me, and I would maybe we can uh, ask ourselves why why Adam and Chava chose that. Why did they chose Plan B, which is where we are. We're we're in Plan B. What was so alluring about that? Because obviously God needed to make a choice which was so equally weighted that Adam and Chava had equal reason to want to do both. Right? So it wasn't simply about whether they liked apples, right? That was not the question. Um, it was something much more profound about their choice, and the choice they made leaves us in a, in a, in a world that is, more, that is different. So the world that is different, the Ramchal, this is what starts off where we are this week. So difference number one about the world that we find ourselves in, that we're born into, is that the balance is not equal. So that means to say decisions that we make are not necessarily equally weighted material versus spiritual ideas versus uh, versus convenience. It's really about um, it's more weighted towards the material side, which means that there's a two steps. There's a two step. Um, we'll call it um, recovery. Recovery step number one is the, in in the confines of our lifespan in this world that we need to fix what we're doing right now. And then there's a next step, which is which brings us back to the state of Adam and Chava Kodamachet. And then there's making decisions afterwards or getting the pure, full purification to get to f the, the real in, in, infinite eternal life. Okay, so those are, that's kind of the, what we've discussed. Now, there's this, this next section that we're going to focus on is going to be dealing with well, the reward and punishment, how it looks where it is, which are some of the questions that we were talking about a little bit last week, and also some of the ideas of which explain the repression of spirituality in this world, the, or the sublimation of spiritual ideas in this world, why that is. So we, where our learning takes us is on, if you have the Derech Hashem, it's on page 50, and the, the, it's paragraph tests in, in Perik Gimel. Okay, so again, the way this, this is notated, welcome back, welcome back from Israel. Um, so the, the way it's notated is 139, if that makes sense, okay? We're in, we're in book one, Chapter 3, Paragraph 9, okay, or everything very clearly laid out. He says the following, for Ulam, remember every paragraph begins with a however, right? So it's however. So the next necessary thing is, is the following, is Milvad calls it, despite, uh, in addition to all of this, Gazra midas Hashem's justice declared, We are not able to achieve fullness 
absolute pure fullness and, and completion in the world that is in this phase, the world as is. In this world which has a greater amplification of evil ideas and things. Rather, the human being needs to go through a pro process of destruction, so to speak. We're going to see what that means in a second. Which means the process of death. And a, a, a disintegration of all other senses, all other experiences. Which are um, destroyed with that, with the person. First, the body needs to um, end its course of life in this world. It needs to be destroyed, so to speak. And then the frame is going to be used for a reconstruction, a new building of the body. And the soul is going to re-enter, we'll call it human 2.0. And at that point in time, um, elevate it spiritually. Similarly with the world, this is, this is the microcosm. Let's expand it to the macrocosm. Um, one second, before we get to the world for, uh, over here, just to appreciate what, what he's saying. That means to say that the notion of what's called chibot which means the biodegrading of the, body, of the human form, is part of the, pr uh, the purifying process of that body, necessary for the soul to have its impact later on when reunified with it. Which is why that there's certainly notable characters in history that they had to reinter and found their body did not biodegrade as well. So there's a, there are noted cases of certain tzaddikim who were, who, who were found complete, who were found intact. And, and that is part of the reflection of this, is that some of us don't need as much of that process. Okay, so it is interesting to, to, to say that the chibot kever that process is also painful to the neshama, which is still somewhat connected to that body. Um, but uh, when, when that process is, is underway, what happens is that it, it, it cleans the framework, so to speak, for the reconstruction of the human being who can be affected by the soul upon resurrection. That's a, it's, a whole, it's, a, it's a completely different way of looking at post-death, yes. Yeah, but what about people who, who tragically had bodies, you know, when they, with accidents? Yeah, so it's a very good question. It's a very good question. Um, I, I can't speak to the specifics of this, but I will say that it is a very important thing to realize is why it's so, so critical to try to help Jews not cremate um, as well. It's very important, and people don't realize this. Rabbi Zohn, who's the head of Herakadish in Queens, who's a tremendous tzaddik who does tr uh, so much for our community and beyond. People have no idea how much he does. Um, and uh, um, he, he has a campaign where he's trying to, there's many, many Jews around us in our neighborhoods who, who go for cremation. Cremation is cheaper, and for a lot of people, they don't want to be a bother. They don't want to be a burden to the family, to people, to the environment sometimes, and many, many Jews have signed up for cremation, and it's a, it's, it's a, it's a very bad thing. So, uh, so but they're, they're, of course, they're, they're, then there becomes larger questions about Holocaust, right? So then there are questions like this where, there are, there are many people who have answered and discussed these topics about people who are beyond their control. There is going to be some, some aspect of, of, of reconstitution. Also, what becomes complicated, just for all intents and purposes, is, is, is an ashama which comes back. We talked about the notion of a Gilgal, which has multiple bodies. 
Right, if you think about that, so a, a neshama or parts of a neshama can have multiple hosts throughout the course of history. So which body does it come back into, right? Or which part of body? So it's, it's a more complex process than, the, than we, we understand. But at least the theory is, is, is such, is, is, that, is that the process of biodegradation is a necessary component for the reuni reunifying for the neshama to be able to actually activate what it needs to be done in the body. If that's true of the microcosm, let's just zoom outwards for a second now for the world. So the world undergoes the same process as much as we would like it not to, that uh, it, it, this is a very disconcerting thought. Here's, what, here's what, how the world works. So we're on the top of page 52, three lines in, where he says, The whole world, the world will be destroyed from its current form. And it will be reconstituted in a more available form for um, completion. A person is decreed to die and to be reconstituted. That's what we call resurrection of the dead. He quotes the Gemara in Sanhedrin. It says, <coughs> That's in Aramaic. So for 6,000 years, the world is going to be. Then at the end of that, is going to be the 7,000th year of destruction. And then Akash Baruch is going to renew the world. That obviously follows the natural pattern pattern of the week, right? So there's six days and then there's rest. Rest, I mean, in this case, it's interesting is, is reconstitution, is, is the world is destroyed. Now, that's not very happy for us because we kind of like our confines. We like the environment. We feel safe with the world as we know it. We like to encompass ideas with our minds so we can live and appreciate them. But apparently there's going to be a time at the end of the world when the whole world itself is going to go through the same process of, of uh, we'll call it, reforming. For, 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 the, for the ultimate end. Okay, so this on the micro level, that's on the macro level. Necessary, why is it necessary? Because of the Chet of Adam Arishan, because the world right now has been slanted, has been shifted into a much more material and limited version of what the world used to be beforehand. So that needs to be changed as well. Ricky, what do you think? I know this is just very up in the air kind of thing. Are we talking our time or are we talking linear time or are we talking God time? It sounds like it's linear. It sounds like it's linear, but it, meaning in the sense that we're in the year Tafshin Pei Bay. So we're in the year 5782 of the 6,000 years. So we're coming close to Shabbos um, as, things, as things go. Um, but just one should, be, uh, should realize that it doesn't have to happen then. That's the, what we'll call the last case scenario. The Gomorrah and Sanhedrin also says, based on the Pasuk in Yishayel, that it can happen at its right time or Achishen, or it can come early. It can come early if we deserve it. Now, far from being something which is fearful, and it's interesting because we, we all are scared of the unknown. So we're all scared of death to a certain degree because we, it's, it's unknown. It's a passage which we've not taken um, in, this, in this form. And we're also scared of this, you know, what, what, what some people would, would glorify as the apocalypse. That's not what it is. This is the, the process, the next step of the purification of the human frame and the world frame to reconstitute itself as a, a place that the spirit can, um, can elevate more than it's in its limited course right now. So that's, it's, it's actually something which, which can be embraced if we've done our work. Meaning a human being who's lived a full life and done what they need to, and that process is going to be an, a, actually a very, you know, we'll call it uplifting process to the next stage to get together. Yeah, so that, that, that's, I think Ricky, coming back to Ricky's point, it, it's hard to know. It sounds like it's still within this, in the confines of this, and I don't know what that means when that nobody's around or nothing's around necessarily to, to experience what that looks like. Um, so I don't know, and, and uh, you know, it, 
yeah, it's hard to it's hard to measure, but it does sound like being as it's still in the confines of Olam Hazeh, it has to run by the rules of Olam Hazeh, right? It's not Olam Abayat. So if it's in the rules of Olam Hazeh, Olam Hazeh has limits and has, t- has time limits and space limits. So it has to operate within within linear time, it seems. It seems. Uh, well, the, the one just point that Ricky you, you're making, which is also worthwhile noting, is that time, it, uh, how time works, l- even on a linear scale, is complex in the sense that you know how, does it had, has time accelerated or slowed down. Better. But that's right. But so yeah, so it it, it, it is it is uh, although it is a scalar, not a vector, but it has it has a lot of it is a, it's it's more complex, specifically looking back in history. But it still is in the scope of a, of a physical trajectory as well. So I'm not, I'm not, not 100% sure, but this is the general rules. Yeah, Jenny. Where does Mashiach type fit into this? Okay, excellent question. So he has not talked about Mashiach, um, and he doesn't talk about it here. So he, he doesn't talk about this over here. And in fact, the Trias Mason that he's going to talk about, let's actually do the next paragraph, and we'll come back to your point, because he is, he is not, he's, he's sidestepping that right now. That's what it sounds like. So let's do Yud and then reflect on Jenny's point. So the, he says in paragraph Yud, according to this foundation, the real time of reception of reward, the time and place for receiving real reward, is after um, resurrection. In the world that is renewed, and his body and soul. Will, it will, it will gain pleasure in it. The body will therefore be able to be elevated to a point where it can actually, actually benefit from the, from all the confines of the, of the world. There will be differences. Not everybody is going to be in the same apartment. Every levels is going to change. Depending on the level of work that they did in this world. To the degree that they tried to get towards completion. And to the degree that a person who worked in this world will be the degree that the Nesham will be able to purify the body when reunited with it. And then they, they will, uh, they will uh, 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 achieve that level of gravitas and ascent. And then the person will be able to um, benefit and, so to speak, bask in the light of his, gra- of his goodness. So it sounds like this is talking about what stage of reality it sounds like from this, uh, this description. This is referring to, not Yomos HaMashiach, but it sounds like Olam Abba. Right, it sounds like he's dealing with Olam Abba, the world to come. So he's described before and what Olam Abba is this infinite time. What is the, the uniqueness, as we, as we discussed before, is that the body is part of that, as opposed to, let's say, thinkers like the Rambam would say it's purely a spiritual experience. No, there's an element of physical experience in it where the body is purified and elevated to that experience so we can reunite. The reason this is important is that the way the Gomorrah in... Um, the Gomorrah in Sanhedrin gives an example. It's all this so, so similar kind of section in the Gomorrah. The Gomorrah says that imagine that you had two individuals who wanted to steal. So you have, um, you have a, uh, one of them is blind and the other one um, is, is, um, is handicapped. So, the, so they do is they make a partnership. So the blind person goes on the shoulder of the, uh, sorry, the handicapped person goes on the shoulders of the blind person. So he directs the, the, the blind person to get under the apple tree of his neighbor and go and take the apples of the tree and, uh, and, and steal them. So then they're brought in for trial, and the, and the blind man says, how could I possibly do this? I couldn't see where I was going. And the, and the crippled man says, I'm sorry, I, I, I was, I, how could I possibly have got there? 
So, so what they do in the court case is that they put the, the, the um, crippled person on top of the blind person and, and then they punish them together. Right? So th- th- that, that is, is, is seen as a mashal of body and soul. So, right? so body and soul in terms, of, in terms of actions in this world. It's necessary for them to receive reward and punishment in, a, in cohesion, right? Because they achieved what they did in cohesion as well, even though there were limitations of one over the other, as an example. So, Jenny, so to your point, you notice that he doesn't talk about Yomaz Mashiach because his model right now is just trying to deal with Olamazer versus Olamaba, and now we're in Olamazer plan B, phase B. We need to, get, we need to do a, kind of a whole process post, we'll call Olamazer part two, in order to get to Olamaba. That sort of sounds like he's dealing with. So he has not in, interjected yet where Mashiach comes in. It sounds like, just as to answer your point, um, that that Mashiach come in um, at a point at the end of Olamazer, which is a second chance when it's easier for us. Right? So the, where, where things are better, we have an opportunity of making better choice. And a, there, it does seem that there is a Tchias Mason pr- uh, which precedes that as well. But that Tchias Mason is not for everybody. And there's different waves of it. And it's, it's Tchias Mason to back to this world to do something better. In that, in that, in that sort of that, that period of time where there's less, there's less resistance for choice. That's why, that's why it seems to, to, to be, but it doesn't look like that's what he's talking about here for, any, for whatever, whatever reason right now. Yes. Well, yes and yes or no. Oh, good. That's a very good question. So. So, uh, so actually, so that's a good question. So, so first of all, you did just quote the Gemara in Sanhedrin in the paragraph before, him, but you're right. That's more of an anomaly than it is, when it, than it is uh, uh, the actual rule. But that's why you, it's a really good idea to buy uh, the copy I gave you over here. Is the original Feldheim copy? It's worthwhile getting the more recent, the recent versions. So, uh, Arya Kaplan, as an example, has the footnotes on this. So, um, let me give you an example. So, in the, in this section over here. Uh, let me tell you over here. Do, where are the footnotes to this? There, there are lots of footnotes to this. So I'll give you two examples, just just as an example. No, no, no. So first, first of all, the answer is is that an individual like this who is so unbelievably brilliant, essentially distilled all of jo- Jewish thought and through his perspective was able to to codify it in an encyclopedic form in a simple way for us regulars um, to to read. So that's that's what that's what he's doing. So he's not he's not over complicating it with the language of Chazal because Chazal requires synthesization. Right, so you can read a Gomorrah here, like the Gomorrah I just quoted, and you're like, oh, well, how does that fit in with Gomorrah B? So what he's doing is he's done the synthesization, he's given it to us in simple language. That's why he's doing it. But just as an example for the two sources of this over here, he, um, just to give you a sense, he says, take a look at the Gomorrah in Baba Basra, Ayin Hei, Vayikor Rabba, Perek Lamed, Yerushalmi Chagiga, Perek Beis, Devorim Perek Aleph, Emunus Sadeus, Osara Sergegon, and Perek Tes, the Rambam in Perek HaTzlacha, Sefer Chassidim, um, this, you understand? So this is all, these are all the cross-references for this. So it's worthwhile, it's worthwhile doing this. That's just from this. And then the previous part of the paragraph is coming from the Munus Adeus, the Torah Sadia God. And then you need to say Zohar as well. He also points out that um, in the, this is Rav Arya Kaplan again, we could do more. Uh, as you can see, the Rav Arya Kaplan points out that in the Kaddish that we say at the, 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 the graveside, when you hear that Kaddish is a unique Kaddish said on a regular day, um, on Ereshavah's Paschatos, it's not said. On, on days we don't say Tachron, it's not said. But we say, In the world that you're going to, in the future, re, re, reconstitute. So even the Kaddish reflects this notion as well. But yes, so, so the, the sources are necessary. He's just making it easier for us. So, but every time you want to, it's really worthwhile taking a look at, at their uh, capital footnotes. He just, uh, the breadth is, is, is sheer. It's amazing. Yes, there. So, 
Are we to understand that the physical body will have a look with color? Will, will, do we know anything See, about It seems that there'll be something to it. There'll be something, something to it. Now, what that means is, is very complicated. So just to give you an example of how complex this is. Um, there's, there's a book called Sefer Yetzirah. I'm sure you've heard of this. Yeah, Rabbi Ari Kaplan translated that as well. <laughs> so the Sefer Yetzirah is, uh, is, is essentially just a map of the human form. All it is is just a map of the spiritual components of the human being. You know, when you talk about, you know, the, I, I don't know if you've ever come across this, but, you know, like in, this, in the in the, in the Sirius Amir, there's seven weeks, seven days. There's, you know, Chesed Sheba Chesed, Chesed the whole business, right? So there, there, there's, a, there's one book just dedicated to what you should be doing with what limb of your body during each of those 49 days as it relates to that. So what the human being looks like is a very, it's not just, you know, so to speak, you know, the human form. Um, it, it's, it, there is a lot, of, there's, there's, a, there's multiple levels of what that means. So it could be more of an esoteric, more spiritual, but still has some degree of, you can still see it. There's still, still some sort of sensory aspect to it. Hard to know exactly what that's going to be. Like, well, we have to take care of our bodies at that point. Oh, that, that it doesn't seem that, uh, that it's going to be on the same physical plane, no. That doesn't seem to be. There's not eating and, and, and drinking. It's not the, not, not, there's no bars. You know, so I don't, that doesn't seem like it. But yes, yeah, so there, there is something of it, but it, doesn't, it seems in a very limited physical way. It's really elevated to, to the level of a, of a clothing of the soul, more like a skin, in a sense, almost. Yeah, Jenny, any thought? Well, maybe it's a similar thought process, but I'm just noticing how it, it says like the, the soul will purify the body. It's almost like the relationship of the body and soul is such that the, the, it sounds like the soul's job at that point in time is, or before that point, point in time, is to purify the body so that they can be in this state together. Oh, cohesion, right. Or whatever the relationship maybe is different than it is. Correct. So actually, so Jenny, always one paragraph ahead. So that's that's that, that's the next the next step is 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 so what's going on now? Like so, what what is the soul doing now, or what is it not doing now? That this can only happen then, right? So if the soul is a, is an expression of a part of infinite light, that's very hard. That's an oxymoron, right? A part of infinite light. So why is it not doing what it's doing now? So why are our bodies not being elevated now? What's limiting it? So that gets into to the next step is like what's this? What what, what is phase two of olamazer post chait? Why is that operating differently? So that's the topic of the next the longer paragraph where he says, the, oh, actually I apologize, it's in two paragraphs time, your, your topic. Um, but before we get there, he's going to be getting into, the, into this next topic in, in Yod Aleph is what's called the waiting rooms. We, 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 we kind of touched on this last time, but here he gives it more detail. So what happens in between, right? So I'm saying like, so if Olam Abba is going to be a prayer at the future, uh, the future time, and a person dies and so many thousands and hundreds and millions of people have died and are all waiting, so what's happening in between? How does that look in the meantime? So he says, Since death is part and parcel of the human condition, and this body needs to separate. The two pieces needs to be um, it needs to be separated from each other. By the way, just as, as an interesting aside, you remember when Hashem said, if you eat without eight sadas, you will die? What, what the, it doesn't just mean like, you know, punishment, rap on the knuckles, you're dead. What it means to say is that death is going to be part of the necessary prerequisite for getting becoming pure. Does that make that makes more sense now, right? So like this is the necessary process for purification because of plan, because of your option B that you chose. So therefore, these two units are going to re reunite. Even in the state of separation, there needs to be in a place that is fitting for this period of separation. 
The body needs to essentially biodegrade and lose its form. And where it came from is where it will return, right? So carbon-based matter, it's going to return to carbon-based matter. That's what's going to happen to the body. You are dust, you will return to dust. That's part of the, that's the, what Hashem said to Adam after the sin, right? You, that's part of the, the repercussions. Which the Shonisham, which is pure in its EDs, so technically speaking, that a soul needs to wait for the body to undergo its process of, re, of re, rejuvenation. What happens is there's going to be a process of, 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 uh, de, of decaying and uh, recomposition at the beginning. And being left in the dust all the time it needs. And it's rebuilding. So what does it do? What does the Neshama do in this time? There needs to also have a place to be. Therefore there's a world of souls. So they'll have a place of rest after, de after death. While the body is going, undergoing the necessary process. They'll have a degree of pleasure and enjoyment. It's going to be a It'll be a taste of what will be in on our bodies. Not the real deal. It's on the way there. It's still in the confines of Olamazeh. Right? It's just we can't, you know, you can't map it out. You can't fly there. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like we can, uh, you know, get in right now in our physical form. And uh, you're going to, it's going to be based on the, the deeds that a person did in this world. According to them, but the Neshama will not be able to even understand or grasp or access what Olam Abba looks like until it actually gets there with the body because it needs to be as a unit. So Olam Abba is afterwards. So when people say a person has gone to Olam Abba, that is an incorrect statement about our post-death. Nobody's in Olam Abba yet because Olam Abba is not started. We're still in Olam Abba. Okay, so a person afterwards is in Olam Abba and sometimes that's called Gan Eden. Well, and the reason why we go to Gan Eden, which means to, is, is that essentially it's a return to Adam Rishon, Prichet. Does that make sense? Right? If, he, if the mess was made and we need to fix it so the step is moving back to that, so that's a, a, a spiritual space where Neshamas get based on a main of what they are going to deserve. So not all in the same, place, same areas um, as well. Which reminds me of, 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 of the story about a fellow who... Uh, who, uh, who, who passes away and he, you know, he gets taken in. There's a reception, there's a waiting room and you know, the, the, uh, he, he's called by the door and uh, taken in a car and says, okay, we're going to find a spot for you. So, uh, um, so off he goes and he's starting to drive along you know, in the, uh, and he's being taken along for, his, for, for the ride and he's passing on, you know, he's going through like 90210, you know, Beverly Hills. It's like, it's like, wow, this place is amazing. He said, no, 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 it's not our spot yet. Um, and... Um, and uh, and uh, then uh, they, they keep going, and you know, it's like Beverly Wood, okay, you know, this, this, this is, you know, the house is still very, very lucrative over here. And they said, no, no, we're still going, and then they go, and they, they drive into, through, through Lawrence, and it's not quite there yet, and it's going to Cedarhurst, and then they go through Inwood, you know, like it's, it's, it's you know, keep going in this direction, 
and at a certain point they started and they go through queens you know and uh, and and uh, you know okay you know it's still you know really reasonable houses semi-attached it's all right you know and then they get to Brooklyn and at this point in time you know the other person's hopes is going down and down and down they get to Bed-Stuy and they go down a, a nondescript alley that doesn't even have a sign left on it and he opens up uh, the door and he says here's your here's your spot and you know it's a crawl space on the third floor so he's, uh, so he says is this this really is all this is this is really the next world so I said, yeah, according to some shittos, some, some say this is the thing. And that was the, the way that that person used to live their life. That, that person used to live where, you know, if, if there's some shitter, you know, rabbi, it's all right. <laughs> and so it'll be fine. So in some shittos, this is also Gan Eden as well. So the, what, 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 that, what that means to say is, is that a person finds their spot there based on the work they did, right? And, and the honesty, the intellectual honesty and the moral imperative they, they live this world with. And that will reflect what they're going to be living there. And it's going to reflect what they, what's going to be... Uh, What's going to be uh, um, in, in the Olam Abba as well. Now, one element he doesn't mention here, I think it's important to mention, that's not, it's not his focus right now. It's not his, it's not his focus. Um, so uh, so the, the, um, there is one thing which is worthwhile just noting, which is really important, and, and that is the following. Just one second, so I'm just mute because there's a little bit of background noise. Um, so so the, he says a very interesting thing. Well, he doesn't say this, but the Ramban says this in Sharag Mul. And that is the way he is describing right now is that the neshama in a certain sense is scot-free, right? The body is undergoing the painful process of, 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 of suffering. That is, there's, there's a little more as well, and that is the neshama itself is also undergoing a process of purification and, uh, and there's an element of crucible growth here, right there, especially in the year after death, up to up to the year after the death certainly, where, uh, where the neshama itself undergoes that. And that is because that ultimately speaking, we, he's not dealing with us, so I just want to add this little piece in over here, is that when it comes to Olam you're either in or you're not in. It's not like, you know, you're partly in. You know? It's not like you have a ticket at the back of the grandstands. You, you, you're either in or you're not. Which means to say that, uh, now, that being the case, there's a human being is, is, nothing a human being does is inconsequential. So it's not like you can say like this, well, look, you know, I was a bad person. I cheated so many people in business, but I gave a lot of stocker. So, like, let's do it. You know, like, we'll 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 do an analysis. We'll we'll, we'll you know we'll take the, the negative columns and the positive columns. We'll fuse them together. They come out neutral, right? Um, I eat the hamburger and the lettuce and the, the two. It doesn't work like that, right? So, so that means to say, if a person does bad things, they have to be taken care of. If a person does good things, they have to be taken care of. So that works in both directions. So let's say you have a person who's generally speaking, uh, you know, cruising in a direction where, God forbid, they're not going to be entering into Lama Bar. That's not their, their, their portfolio is not reflecting that type of lifestyle, right? But they did do good things. Example being, let's talk about Isabel. Isabel was a terrible, rotten human being. She was a bad person. She was a non-Jewish woman from Phoenicia who married Achav, re-instituted um, re, uh, uh, um, as part of national religion, the um, paganism, into the, la in the land of Israel. She was a bad person. There's, there's no two ways about that. However, um, when, when, when she, she was cursed, which, uh, I don't know if you remember how she was killed. It was pretty terrible. Um, but uh, she was, uh, but uh, the curse was that she was to be eaten by the dogs. right? And so she was eaten except for her hands. And, uh, and Chazal say that because she used to clap for, 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 for brides and grooms at their wedding. It means that there's nothing which is inconsequential. That was the good. Now let's just sort of expand that model upwards. That means that if you're a really bad person who's not entering into Olam Abba, um, they, they have to receive the good. 
of what it is that they did, right? So there has to be a, a parent time where they are receiving the good that they deserve because that didn't just evaporate, doesn't just get sublimated. Similarly, um, if you have a person who, who, uh, who is really is, a, is an average good person trying to go in the right direction, making good decisions, and has, you know, as a human being, makes, makes mistakes. Humans are not perfect, and some people are more human than others, but nonetheless, it, 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 we, we, we do bad things. So in that case, those things don't just go away. They have to be sorted out. They can be sorted out through the process of the painful experience of tshuva, or they can be sorted out through the painful process of other, other, other operations Hashem has to, to, to deal with it. It's better to choose the tshuva process, to really go through the pain of regret, than to go through the pain of other things, God forbid, la aleinu. Um, but the, 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 when it comes to the, 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 cleric, the purifying of that neshama and that body, that can be in Olam part 1 or Olam part 2, which is Olam HaNashamas, right? It's better to do it in this world, <laughs> just, just the secret. It's better to have gone through that in this world if necessary. But there may be certain parts of the debt which are not paid up by the time a person gets to the Olam HaNashamas and therefore the, the soul as well goes through that period. That's what the Ramban says in Shara Gamal. So just to be aware of this is that it may be actually the soul and the body are going through parallel processes of, of, of refinement after death independently before they're reun reunifying, which is going to be Olam Abba, where I'm, even though it's a Ma'ain. Yes, as well, Elaine. Is the same as the um, it's, he, That's complicated. That's complicated. Where the Neshama goes in, in sleep, is it travels in some of the celestial worlds, but not necessarily. It, it's exposed to some aspects of the worlds, but it's, more, it's, it's broader than this. It's not specific to Olam He talks about Zedon when he talks about dreams. That's in the third, the third book. Um, where um, this is, this is the, but yes, he, he's gonna, he talks about everything. He talks about dreams, eating, all, the, all these kind of things. It's fascinating how this all operates. Why, why do we dream? Right? So, um, lots of very fascinating things to talk about. But yes, but it, it, it's not limited to that. It, it's other aspects, which is why a person, certain things can come up in a sleep which where, where one is exposed to certain things, which are real. Not all the time. Now, let's, let, 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 let's take it one step further, because we, we do need to go back to, to Jenny's question here, which is in paragraph Yud Beis, which is the following. Yes, the Olam HaNashamas is a waiting, a waiting station for its reunifying with the body. Despite all of that, there's another benefit to this whole process. Which is necessary for the time of resurrection. What is that? Since a human being cannot really achieve um, completion until after, until post-death state, even though a person looks like they're still, uh, they, they, they're still alive in terms of their actions, the person would never ever achieve this if it weren't for this. So the only time we can really work to actually achieve completion is while we're alive, while we're breathing and walking, right? <coughs> what the outcome of that limitation is, that the, while the soul is confined into a world which is dominated by materialism and, and, um, and evil, and the soul can never really fully leave behind this very big burden called the body. So the, the soul is not really an expression of what it is. It's, it's limited, it's clamped down. 
ואף על פי שעל ידי המעשים הטובים שאדם עושה, קונה היא בעצמו שלמוס ועיקר. So while the neshama makes a good decision, so you decide you're going to adopt a certain spiritual practice. You're going to make certain decisions based on morality, not based on convenience and entertainment or whatever else it is that's governing our, our, our bandwidth of, inter, of interest. So when you make that right decision, you, your soul is now shining forth because it, it, it is closer to being complete. However, but it cannot express. It's like light which is in a dark room. It's, it's closed off. Nothing can be seen outside of it. And cannot express itself in the light that it could shine forth. To the degree that it really fully appreciates and understands. It is, it is internally captured until the time that it may be allowed to reveal itself. It's not because of itself. It's not because the soul is not so powerful. But rather because the body is overshadowingly powerful. And it itself is therefore lost or loses from this. So the body, imagine this, you make a good decision. You, make, you do an incredible spiritual action. So the body at this point in time should be lit up by that soul, that luminescence of the, of that the soul just achieved by making this decision. But it doesn't, so the body's losing out. It doesn't feel the effects of a spiritual um, experience. Also the soul loses out. It cannot express its shining glory. And therefore cannot perform what it's meant to be in this world for, which is purifying of the body. If it were to be doing it, so it would be more of a process of completion for the soul to be doing what it's supposed to be doing, which is elevating the body, but it can't because it's trapped, it's chained to this, to this physical experience. The soul, like God, this is the main, the soul, like God, is meant to be making others good. And by doing a good action, then the, the soul should be elevating everything else and, 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 and allowing the rest of the world around it to be lit up by it. But it can't, so therefore it's not really doing what it fully, fully can, so it's not really fully achieving its shlemus, which is what it's supposed to be doing. That's the whole point of the soul, soul is to light up, which is around it. That's why it's created. We can reach completion when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And the lack of completion calls anytime we cannot do it. So you can imagine this, this terribly frustrating framework where we're in a world now where anytime we do something good, it's, 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 it, it is overshadowed, it's limited, it's chained. It's, 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 it's sort of like, you know, some of the images I, I imagine I don't, uh, is, have you ever been to a room which is soundproof and you sort of see through the glass, you know, and you see, you, I, I once went to visit when I was younger, what's called the SABC, the South African Broadcasting, um, I don't know what the C was for, um, but it was, um, so we, 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 we went into a room where an orchestra could play underground and it was a soundproof room. And so you could watch through the grass, you see every plane, but you can't hear anything. And in a certain sense, the soul, if you translate this from light to sound, what the soul is actually doing is it is, it is, it is playing all this music and nobody can hear it. It can't be heard outside of its own confines. It can't, nobody can appreciate the music that it's expressing. That's, that, that's, that's sort of the reality in this world that we have. And so, so therefore, to complete the idea, 
At the moment it's released from this world, from, this, from the body. There it can shine forth its light in, without limitation. To the degree it is able to acquaint its ma'asim. To the degree it is able to. It now gets stronger than what it was weakened in the body. Now preparing itself, so to speak, it's juicing itself up. It's getting the energy necessary for the next stage, which is to pull the body and purify it there at the end. In that point in time, it'll be reunited with the body and then have the energy necessary to make that body do and attach itself to what it achieved. Now, not everybody is the same because not everybody got the same soul and not everybody does the same thing with their soul. So to the degree that a person is, is able to do this. But be it as it may, so this, this paragraph is describing now, the, first of all, the limitations of this world, but also therefore why the, the, the Olam HaNashamas is so necessary is because it's the first time it can express itself, it can be heard, its light can be seen. That, 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 that hasn't been happening in this world as well. This is very helpful because this is a very important thing to think about. Um, I remember that uh, when I was in, in, in Israel in Baltimore, one of, one of the... And the Rabbi says, don't judge your Yom Kippur based on your emotional feeling afterwards. It's a really important, important rule in general. You know, what happens we come out and we say, I just didn't feel it. You know, you go to the Kotel, I just didn't feel it. You know, is there something wrong with me? Shouldn't I be doing this? And, you're, and you're, you wish you could feel more, right? So the truth is there are times we can experience the spiritual, but not all the time, right? Because it, it, to a certain degree, our spirituality is being kept. It's being shadowed. And so our, our emotions are not necessarily a accurate um, reflection of what's really going on in the spiritual realm of our own soul as well. This is why it is that a person can do good things and they can feel good with themselves, but sometimes you don't feel good with yourself. You don't feel that, that thrill and that, 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 that elevation for having done this. And, and, and we say to ourselves, was it really, you know, was that really so, uh, so, so important? Whereas when you've just finished that steak and you've just watched that movie and you've just, you know, gone for that massage and you've just had that, 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 that great swim in the spa, whatever it is, you feel great because physical, there's no limitation on physical experience, right? Even emotional experience. But there is a limitation on the feeling of spiritual experience, which means to say that we, we should be careful about judging our experiences based on what we feel necessarily because there's a limitation on what we feel. Now, for the spiritually sensitive people, spiritually sensitive people are able to sense a little more of this. They have moments in life. We all have moments in life where we, we have a little aperture in, where we have a little bit of a sort of a, through the lattice work, we can experience that this was special, this was important. But they're fleeting, and they're not all the time, and they don't last. But that we, we, it's important to, 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 uh, to connect to that, but not to be disappointed when they don't always happen because of this rule. Because of the rule, we're in the plan B reality where material is, is overshadowing and limiting the spiritual experience of what we did, which is real. Can you imagine what it would be like otherwise? Just imagine that you did a mitzvah. You gave stalker and boom, you just, you, you, you floated up 500 feet, you know, <laughs> and you started shining forth light from your forehead. And everybody around you realized, can you imagine what that would be like? And then, and then the, the, the time where you ate something you shouldn't be and then lightning, you know, you know <laughs> created creator, a crater next to your left foot. It would be a very different world, but that's not the world that we live in, right? So we don't feel those spiritual ramifications quite as succinctly as we feel those physical ramifications for action as well, which is a very helpful realization as well, which is why after, after Petira, it's actually better for the Neshama because now it can express itself, it can spread its wings as it should have as well. So essentially, 
as human beings, we're in the patient game, the, the patience game, where we're, uh, we, we have to experience, express a lot of patience for all the accumulations that we're doing. We're kind of cranking a sharp, but we don't see what's happening on the other end yet. We don't feel the results. We don't, we don't see that all these mitzvahs, all these actions, all these reformations of character are actually making a huge difference. We just can't see it or feel it. That's, that, that, that's, that's part of the limitations of plan B of Chet Adam Arishan. That's, uh, it's, uh, this, is the, this to me is, is a very meaningful, meaningful perspective. Now, finally, last, uh, last, last idea over here, as we try to close this, 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 this idea in paragraph Yud Gimel, you should know, when the neshama is inserted into this, this, um, this passing body, this body which is not going to be here for too long, even though it is not fully received its, um, its, uh, its uh, shleimus, Really, the neshama should have purified the material that it was put into. That to the point that the, that you know you'd be so shining, you would be so powerful that you'd stop being human because you'd just sort of graduate all out of materialism, right? But nonetheless, it is Hashem's decree or will that we should not be able to graduate humanity. Hashem wanted it to be that it doesn't express itself fully. It should sit there trapped within itself. To the degree that Hashem decided to darken its expression. And it only gives a sufficient energy, but not uh, as Hashem titrated it, not as necessarily it could, it could do. To the degree it does these good actions and continues to do it. Then it can spread its wings later on. And it cannot do this, as we just explained, until it is. So the, the, what I think is adding in this paragraph specifically is this is God's plan. This is how God wants the system to work. So whenever we say that's unfair, I don't, I don't understand. I did so many good things. Why am I not feeling it? Why am I not a better person? Why don't I feel like this? Why don't people notice that I'm a better person? So all of that is, that's, that's the limitation, that's, the, that's the, the, the clamp that Hashem puts in this. This also, by the way, explains, you know, sometimes you'll have great tzaddikim, and I'm sure we've, we've all had the opportunity of being in the, in the presence of great tzaddikim who can, you can, who can really sort of see through you, you know, and they, they, they get a sense of who you really are. Um, and uh, there are very, very few people like this around, but they, but they, they kind of stay, they can catch the temperature a little better than we can of ourselves, which is, you know, how... How, how lofty in a shama or how dark or how light it, it, it is inside. And there's, there's, there are certain people who have this ability, but, but not, not, not so many who can sort of um, get a sense of where we're standing. Okay, now the last point over here is, is, uh, is when the, the soul will finally, ultimately be reunited with its body, then at that point in time, there will be no clamping. There'll be no chaining. There'll be no limitations to it. It will be unleashed, all of its fire, all of its, uh, its shine. It'll take body 2.0, right? Human being 2.0, and, and, uh, and, and fuse it and allow it to be purified. And it won't need an incremental journey, it'll be boom in one second. 
And then miyad b'sha'ata It will be immediate at this point in time that it'll be lit up. Miyad tezakchehu zikuch gadol, and it'll be completely purified. For Omnam, lo yimna ze sheyu laguf v'aleneshama yachad iluyim achar iluyim. Um, it won't be that there's going to be stage after stage of growth. At that moment, the person will automatically be elevated. It'll be elevated. So, so all those effects, that time that I gave stocker, that time that I was nice, that time that I held back my criticism, all those, 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 those times where I was becoming a better person and it should have reflected itself in, my, in myself, now in one moment, boom, the body is going to be, is, is going to be elevated to the, to, the, to the level of all of those choices. So it's going to be one moment of everything coming together, of all, all of those choices in our lives. According to the actions that we already did, to the degree of that we worked on trying to get our shleimus. Here and then it will ascend based on the person of that madrega, which is just a beautiful thing to think about. If you think about it, the la- essentially life is one long marshmallow exper- experiment. Right? So we're that three-year-old sitting in front of the, the, the marshmallow and we've been told for delayed gratification purposes that, you know, if you just wait a little longer, you'll have two marshmallows. And we, here we live in this world and we just, we, we, so many of us are three-year-olds and we just, you know, we sit there and we lick it and we bite it and we <laughs> nibble it and, and we don't realize that all the actions that we're doing is a delayed gratification. It's all there. It's all building up. It's all, so to speak, the potential energy of our soul is being built up through our lives as we, as we choose to make the right decisions. And there's going to be a release where all of that will turn into kinetic, kinetic energy. As, as it's released in Olam Abba, but that's going to take time. First in the soul, first the soul to shine, then the soul to reunite the body and bring it to that point. It's a, we're in it for the long game. This is, not, this, is, this, is, this is what makes it so difficult, is trying to weigh decisions knowing that when it's not in front of us, it's not tangible, and the other option usually is very tangible, and somebody's paying a lot of money for the advertising of that very tangible thing, whatever else it is, which is pulling us the other direction, yes. Correct. Correct. So, so that's a, a good question. It's a very long time, right? So, I'm not, I'm not sure how time works in 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 this in the stage. That's number one. But also, number two is is that there are parts. This is this is getting into Gilgal and Hanashamos. Um, but uh, but there are parts. Let's say you'll have a, a large soul, which which was which had perfected most of its character except for a piece of it. Then a piece, that piece may return as a human being um, at a later stage. So it may be that what's happening is, is just to clarify that, that point, um, perhaps a, a way of doing this, this is a very rudimentary example, perhaps it's not an apt example, but if you can imagine the periodic table of elements. So there's 600,000 um, elements, basic elements in Klal Yisrael, and there are different permutations of those. So instead of just hydrogen and oxygen, you have H2O, there's complex souls, right, which are pieces of parts of, of, of those, that original set which are over the course of history being being fixed. So essentially. Will we all return to that 600,000? It sounds like that there's going to be a general basic set that we return to, but we are, generally speaking, we are, we are fixing parts of, of, of Nishamas, which are, so over the course of history, it's sort of like we've taken care of most of the big details. Now the last little pieces are being fixed, and that's, what we're, that's where, our, where our lives are. So that's perhaps what's taking that time as well. So it's a little more complex, because that means say, that it's not just sort of individual, it's interconnected individuals, which is... More, more, more complex. Too. I appreciate, Jenny. Um, you were saying before.
word here that like the soul doesn't have a choice. It's it's being restricted. Correct. So how why would the soul need perfection in the world to come? And is the soul any different before it enters the body and after it enters the body? I mean the soul just seems to be this like frustrated <laughs> it has no it has no choice, so how can it well, it does it does have choice? The soul does have choice. It's just it's not that it's it's being it's what, what's what's being stopped is the the is the the we'll call it the mechanism of reward that happens after the choice is made. So a soul does have choice. So a soul is that voice inside of us which is pulling us towards spiritual and ideas as opposed to physical and material around us. So and we make choices, and then the shaman is going to be either the driver or the passenger in those decision makers in their decisions in our lives. What's being limited is its expression afterwards, is what happens after makes it a good decision and now it, it is illuminated. So it becomes more, more complete by the decision that we just made. But at that point in time, it can't actually express that on the other entity that it's chained to, which is the body. So it can't fully express its shlemus because that's what it was meant to be doing. So the, the neshama is a free agent, it's just the limitation is, is in that expression. Well, it looks like before the, the before is born. I'm not 100 percent sure because it depends on the question Beth was saying, which is what part of the neshama is coming into us and what what is the goal of this neshama specifically in life. If a person has a particular meta in life and they always struggle with that, that's generally speaking probably one of the things that they, they ought to be doing in this world, right? Usually we try to avoid that. We try to just do lots of self actualization to make up for it, right? But it, there, there's usually something which we which, which every neshama is yeah, or a few things. Yes, yes, that's what, that's what it seems like as well. So you're, that, that's, a, that, that, that's a good point. Um, it seems that there's, some, there's a specific journey for it, and that journey could be Asetov, which is actualization, but there's also Surera, which is fixing some aspect of it which perhaps was dented in a previous, or was missing, or was lacking as well. It's, sort of, it, it's a part of Hashem, which Hashem wants us to perfect in a specific way. And so. I'm sorry, well, no, no, sure. who's responsible for the decision to listen to the soul or the body? Right, that's a very good question. Is, is who are the we then, essentially, right? So, so it, 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 it seems like we, we could oscillate between our, our first person and second person identity. Not to get too Freudian here, you know, but, uh, but, but it, does, it, does, it, does, it does see what was that? Right, so, so it seems the Yetzirah we have these inclinations putting us on either side, but if we identify ourselves as our, as our soul, if, if my first person identity becomes my persona as my soul, then I'm going to make decisions with its best interests at heart. If my, if my persona is going to be, so to speak, relinquished outwards to my body, then when I say I, I'm, and I say I like chocolate cake, what I'm essentially saying is my taste buds, which is what I'm associating myself with now, it likes chocolate cake. So then, so the choice is, is what we identify ourselves with, which ultimately leads to the choices. So it's a soul's decision? Well, well, it's, it's our decision, our decision as this complex being struggling with two two forces which are vying for attention. And, and we in our consciousness are trying to work out who are we, essentially. So every decision we're making is not so much a decision about whether we like chocolate cake or not, but rather who are we, right? What's the first person in persona and what's the second person persona here over here is, am I gonna say, I know that cake is not good for me, but I will let my body eat now. That's a different way of saying, you understand? And then saying, I like chocolate cake and you know, and the diet will start tomorrow. Right, so so th 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 that that kind of that kind of conversation has to happen, and, and these are we'll call defining the decisions as to who the personality really is. That's what, so that's what it sounds like from this. But uh, there could be other ways of framing it because where's where's the the you out the consciousness outside of those two, which is complicated.
Hi, Ricky. Basically, it's a, 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 what I'm getting from this, and maybe I got something. It's all on us. In other words, um, my my actions and my feelings and my thoughts and whatever in now and after death are all on me. So what's the story with us running around doing things that Eloi Nishmat and Eloi Nishmat? How can I influence something that's going on? Oh, that's on great. That's a very good question. That's such it, a great it's question. It's my responsibility. Right. Oh, that's, that's a, 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 such a good point. Okay, good. So this is such a good point. I'm so glad you raised it because this, this is really important. Yeah. So we're limited. So this limitation is a blessing in a certain sense is that there's a certain time limit to the test taking, right? And that's called before before we pass away. Right, so that's the time we can do things because we need a body to be able to do things. Right, otherwise we can't achieve anything. So, the, the, so the, if that be, if that's the question. If that were to be the be all and end all of it, then when a person passes away, that's it. You're pegged. Right, you're you 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 sort of you're you're on the you're on the on the graph, and we see where you are. You know, and you can plot where your trajectory is, and that's it. But the truth is, is that if a person had an impact on other people and they influence, so for instance, like you know, yesterday was the Yaritzada Raisax. You know, so, so, you know, he had such a profound impact. He left 36 books, thousands of Talmudim and a different world, world behind him. So when we continue to, to learn his Torah and his ideas, then essentially he is continuing to act because he didn't just act in the confines of his lifetime, he was able to create a continued program of education where people are changing lives based on what he's doing. So when we decide, so when we pick up one of his books as an example and read it and, and that frames our reality differently and we make better decisions, that's also owing to him. So he is now continuing to grow even though he's not physically here to do it because he can't right now. But we, so then when you say you do something for Elin Neshama, so an example, when you decide to learn, you sponsor a share, you, do, you, you sponsor a kiddush where people say brachas, you give stock, whatever it is that you give, you're doing, what essentially you're doing is you're saying like this, this person who's no longer here matters so much in my life, enough that I'm going to do a mitzvah on their behalf. Well, therefore their influences continued and their actions vicariously have been continued by you, essentially. Right, so part of, part of, that's, that's what part of what we do, alias Neshama. It's really their portfolio. It's just their portfolio mattered enough to, for other people to, to do something about it. That's, that's a very, very beautiful, a beautiful idea. And, uh, and sometimes that also puts a responsibility on us, is are we carrying that mantle enough to, to, to create that Elon Neshama? Did, did the, did the influence, was the influence enough to make us, to make us want to change the way we, we, we live our lives? Are we going to ratchet up our life one degree? The trajectory of this year is going to look different than it was if it weren't for that person. That's, uh, that's going to be a very profound influence. So we have that capacity. I would just leave a question then is for you. Is, so let's, let me just sort of put your question into a, different, into a different terminology. So how can we pray for other people then? Which is a good question, right? So how, we, how do we daven for other people's refuah then? That's a, that, it's more of a tefillah question than this, but it's sort of a similar kind of question is how does one uh, unit influence another unit is, a, is, a, is, is part of this question as well. Beth. And just in terms of understanding how the neshamas all relate to each other. So if we're in this world together with certain neshamas, so in the all neshamas, so how, how is I'm, not I'm, not that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure of that. Right. I mean, no, the, the, the he doesn't talk about it. The Ramban doesn't. Yes, yes. With, yes. Gonna, yeah. There's obviously proximity. There's obviously connection. But how and why 
is, is, hard, is hard to know. Certainly if we have complex neshamas and multiple the tiers of, of journeys. So no, that's, that he does not talk about over here. There are others who talk about this. I'm not as well versed in this as well. We're, 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 we're called in the 101 course right now, yeah, <laughs> which, is, which is a very worthwhile course to be in. But it's, it's, there's, there's a lot more obviously to talk about uh, in this as well. Okay, folks, so what we're going to do is, is this, the, this sort of ends the purpose of the universe, purpose of, the purpose of humanity, and, and the reward and punishment part of, part of it. We'll, we'll move next time, God willing, into Hashkacha, which is providence, which is sort of the next step. So now that we're here, so Allah Hashem continue to interact with us, which will be a very fascinating op uh, op option and opportunity. Thank you so much for taking the time.